You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headspace, into your dreams, hopefully not your nightmares. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, AJ Andrews of JaysFromTheCouch.com, back with a very, very late night edition of the podcast, uh, thanks to an extra innings game and just me trying to do preparations for what I want to talk about, which... I said on the earlier episode that we were going to talk about the pitching, and yeah, we have a reason to talk about the pitching. So, we will be doing that. It's uh, it's kind of a tale of two pitchers, so to speak. So, we'll focus on what the heck happened tonight in the second half of the podcast, but I did want to talk uh, about something positive at least to start. Um, you know, I will, well, again, we will, we will talk about the, um, the later start. I, I'm still a bit groggy from an eight kilometer uphill bike track to get my bike to sport check so it can actually be tuned up for the first time since I bought it. And it was not an easy ride. Um, again, doing it all uphill kind of sucks because there's no like coasting where you can kind of get your legs back. Instead, my thighs hated me and then my butt hated me and yeah, I clearly need to do more exercise. I may need to do more work just getting my butt to do actually more of the muscle work than relying on my thighs because it does not work. So yeah, I'm I'm looking to start with the positive to kind of kind of take my mind off that. Um Luckily, there has been positive for the Blue Jays when it comes to pitching. And that's a little weird to say, given, you know, this is essentially, um, this is audition season for like all these youngsters to find out who has the best shot of actually sticking in the rotation through to a point where the Blue Jays might be relevant. And I think we're getting a very interesting answer when it comes to that. And I do want to start with, again, the the most positive performer of the three. And that was Jacob Wagspach, who may not have a nickname yet for Players Weekend, but uh, he keeps putting up stuff like this. He'll he'll be able to do that Max Scherzer thing and just alternate whenever he wants because he was very efficient and very effective 
in that start against Tampa Bay, he went up against Charlie Morton and didn't blink. Again, we talked about how good Charlie Morton was on the earlier episode. But yeah, Wagaspak went out there, held them the four hits over six innings, only walked one batter, which is very crucial to success given some of the other Blue Jays pitchers' problems with doing that. Um, he only struck out four. And, you know, there there's not a lot that screams overpowering pitcher when it comes to Jacob Wagesback, but what he has, he knows how to use. And he just goes out there and is consistently able to get it where he needs to be. He is a control pitcher, but the control has been exactly what was necessary. And, you know, you can, you can say that his fastball isn't, isn't as effective and, you know, he's still getting hit pretty hard. It, it helps when you, hit get those hit right to the players you need them to be hit to and when you're looking at the competition that Wagusback is up against um Thomas Pannone also is able to go six innings but um faltered in that fifth inning against Baltimore and you know gave up multiple home runs at Trent Thornton tonight, yeah, why not? Let's get into it. Trent Thornton tonight proved that he may not have the stamina for this fight, for this long-term rotation fight. He was cruising through three innings. His stuff looked fine. And then he proceeded to give up three home runs in an inning, all of them two-run shots. It, it It was remarkable just how reliably the raised batters were able to find his stuff and just launch it. And you cannot be a successful pitcher if you, if you keep giving up home runs like that and and keep letting the inning extend the way it did. And uh, Sean Reed Foley, again, showed why there are concerns with him. He only lasted four innings in the outing against Baltimore, managed to walk four batters, which, I mean, it's fine. He's not in danger of losing his rotation spot because Yancy Diaz went out there and did the same thing <laughs> in less than an inning. So it's it's just a little tough to watch, but Wagusback has, has emerged as the kind of front runner to seize a spot and and 2020, it's hopefully going to be better. I mean, if the Blue Jays bring Matt Shoemaker back, he'll be back to anchor the rotation, probably. They'll likely sign another couple of arms in free agency, probably, you know, lower tier guys. But this is where the front office is going to start making decisions on these guys. They said they have 20 starters in the organization. And why would they lie? So, again, this is where choices are going to start being made. And there are knocks against the other guys. Thomas Pannone, inconsistent. Sean Reed Foley, walks too many batters. Trent Thornton, Sam Gaviglio in disguise. He gets figured out the second time through. 
and good teams will pounce on his stuff. But Wagaspak is is showing that he's he's kind of more like the Baraki type of pitcher. He knows what he can do. He operates within those parameters and is able to get some stuff. Is it sustainable? I don't know. But it appears to be sustainable enough that he can carve out a niche for himself, especially while this rotation is still developing. And just put himself in the conversation to be in the rotation in 2020 and potentially beyond because he's he's winning that audition right now and and like sure um you know there will be guys on the market that probably push some of these guys out i would not be surprised if you're seeing ivan nova wearing a blue jays jersey next year but you know, Wagaspak has been that guy and, and it's been, you know, just nice to have something that you can look at and say, you know, at least Wagaspak's going to give us a good outing for sure. Will, will he be able to keep doing that? I don't know. But for now, I'm most confident in him and his ability to do so, as opposed to some of the other young starters that the Blue Jays are relying on right now. So we're going to switch gears and talk about the bullpen a little bit um, in the second half. But just before we do, a reminder that this episode of Locked on Blue Jays is brought to you by Blue Chew. Blue Chew is the chewable, quicker alternative to all those previously mentioned pills that, you know... They, they say they're going to do stuff. Well, Blue Chew has the same active ingredients as those pills, but it's in a chewable form. So it lasts, Im- so like it goes immediately. You can take it anytime. You know it's going to work and it'll work twice as fast because you chewed it up in your mouth. So you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. So Blue Chew is prescribed online ship straight to your door in a discreet package so you don't have to go to the doctor don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy you don't have to get those awkward looks from the ladies with their shopping carts full of like mangoes or something and they don't even know how to get the full value out of the mangoes but they'll keep buying them and eating them like watermelon anyway you, you get to avoid all that is what i'm saying Blue Chew is made in the USA, and because it prepares and ships directly to your door, it's actually cheaper than a pharmacy. And right now, there's a special deal for listeners of the Lockdown Podcast Network. If you visit BlueChew.com, you get your first shipment for free when you use the special promo code MLB. You just got to pay the $5 in shipping. So again, that's Blue, as in Blue Jays, BlueChew.com. Promo code MLB to try it for free. It's a better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back. So I said I wanted to discuss the bullpen briefly. And I think we may actually have to offer a retraction on this program because 
Um, if you'll recall, a few weeks back when we were looking at Blue Jays DFA targets, I threw Derek Law's name out there as a guy who has not been performing as well as he should have been. However, since that time, Derek Law has posted nine straight scoreless outings and has kind of taken over as the closer option. He's picked up two saves in, in the last week. That's more than Ken Giles has gotten in the last week. And he, he just looks more comfortable when he's operating. I know we talked about Justin Schaefer and how he was going to be a late inning option. The peripheral, the peripherals, sorry, it is past 2 a.m. here. The peripherals for law work out a little better than Schaefer. Schaefer's feeling independent pitching is much higher than his ERA just because he does walk batters pretty consistently. Law's been able to avoid that. And, you know, you look at the game yesterday against Tampa Bay, he was ruthlessly efficient. 13 pitches to get four outs. Anytime you can do that, that's that's boding well for for the future. And you know, not not to say I'm totally wrong about picking Kingham over Law, because Kingham got the win and is probably the de facto fifth starter right now. They're probably gonna keep using him and Font together. And I wouldn't be surprised if they try to stretch Kingham out a little bit more. He's been very effective for the Blue Jays. He's got a three ERA since coming over. But again, you look at the peripherals on that, he's similar to Schaefer and that his fielding independent pitching is up about 550. So there's still work for him to do. But those two pitchers have surprisingly helped stabilize things. And, you know, obviously this is a Blue Jays bullpen and flux because people are having to learn the names Jason Adam and Buddy Boshears, which I think everyone knows Buddy Boshears right now because of how that Tampa Bay game ended. Admittedly a little unfair to Boshears. I, I guess I assume Meadows would have been on and over a third anyway, but they gave Boshears the, the earned run. Uh, even on Vlad's throw, which error number 14 for him isn't great. He, he was iffy pretty much all day. He had Brandon Drury dancing at first base. But that's a topic for another time since we just talked about that. Anyway, I I don't know the long-term success for Boshears is going to be very high. He's, he's struggled and and the Blue Jays have signed Neil Ramirez, and they've shown they're already comfortable going with Tim Meza as their only lefty in the bullpen. So if Neil Ramirez is signing a pact with the Blue Jays, it's probably because he thinks he's actually going to get up there, and Boshears has not been performing well. He almost got out of that inning against Tampa Bay, but the fact that he loaded the bases with nobody out in the first place was not great. And then the wild pitch, of course, just a, just a tough way to lose any kind of game. Adam has a shot to stick with this Blue Jays team. He almost made the club out of spring training. Ultimately, they went with Javi Guerra instead. 
but Adam has good stuff. He's able to elevate a 95 mile an hour fastball and get outs with it, which is a nice trick to have in the arsenal. So I, I think he has a better chance of sticking around for the Blue Jays, at least for the, for the immediate future. Jason Adam could be an option, but Boshears, if the Neil Ramirez signing comes to fruition, um, at least he got back up. I mean, that, that seems to be a theme for pitchers in Toronto this year. Hey, you got another year added to your baseball reference page. Good work. Good work, you. But anyway, it's late, so we're going to call it here. We'll be back with you tomorrow, um, hopefully a bit earlier. Um, if Obviously, if any news happens, we'll come in early, but we'll likely be wrapping up the Tampa Bay series. So just a reminder that if you want to interact with me when you're watching baseball, if or if you have any questions about Nova Scotia and Keegan Matheson is unavailable, Follow me on Twitter at a underscore J underscore Andrews. Um, I'm usually pretty quick on the response. So you'll get into a conversation about how to properly order a double double in Tatamagush. Um, subscribe to the podcast at Locked on Jays on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Subscribe at uh, to the actual podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Himalaya, wherever you get podcasts, you can find Locked on Blue Jays and, you know, just enjoy it, whether you're commuting to work or just falling asleep to the dulcet tones of my voice. I I don't even know if I'm using that word right. I don't think I can be described as having dulcet tones, but... I'm I'm getting close to sleep. I'm I'm like my dad. I'm starting to ramble a little bit. So subscribe to the podcast, support it. It's appreciated. And for everyone at the Locked On Podcast Network and everyone at jaysfromthecouch.com, I'm AJ Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. And y'all take care.